wanted to be and then wasn't is that what i'm hearing <laughs> yeah i mean that's about yeah, it it's like mcu's phase four and phase five what it's been trying to do and, and succeeded at fucking it. land yeah. it it only took 400 years and like 200 animators so you know works just fine <laughs> all right welcome to another special episode of season four of three and a half gentlemen the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of moves for our private collections and one of us tries desperately to keep up We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, swinging around the multiverse, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eddie? Are those my Jordans? And Brandon. I'm Spider-Man. Does it work? That was really good. (laughs) With season four, we'll pick the movies that we'll think that will be fun to talk about. Some of these movies will be from our private collections, while others, like tonight's pick, will be new releases in theaters. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film that we just watched? Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of 0 to 5, 0 being the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and 5 being sort of the film that makes you want to have someone throw a bagel to your face that caused you to be caught in an explosion, only to be transformed into a living interdimensional portal. Jeez. Say that again five times. I had to ad lib because uh, that shit was uh, wow, not we got the same. Super Mario Brothers right there. The <laughs> I, I really like that. That's I really on like your that. freaking I, was, I like thoughts? your little that's, pivot there. It's right there. I'm like, <laughs> damn it. With that, what movie do we have got you, slinging buddy. across the multiple universe I tonight? Gentlemen? You get a universe I because there's multiple? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> I think it's good. I don't think it's a word. It is. <laughs> Anyway, tonight we're going to be taking a look at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a sequel to the 2018 phenomenon Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse picks up where the first movie left off. Miles Morales is defending his city, making his way through high school and family matters, and pining after Gwen Stacy, the Spider-Woman who got away. But everything changes when he finds out that he is merely a tiny spider speck in the greater multiverse, and what's more, he could be the cause of his world's destruction. Across the Spider-Verse brings back the voices of Shameik Moore, Haley Seinfeld, and Jake Johnson, while adding to its impressive cast with Oscar Isaacs, Daniel Kaluuya, and others. The movie has earned an IMDb rating of 9.0 out of 10 and has a divisive Rotten Tomatoes score. Not divisive at all. That's another mess. Of 96% with the critics and an audience score of 95%. As with every movie that we review, we try to pair a selection with a drink that we feel enhances the viewing experience. So, Ed, please take us through the cocktail uh, that we have for this film. Hmm. I'll do it. Not because you told me to. Um, That's a quote. Man, just like Miles, man. Control your own fate, That's Eddie. That's a quote. That's uh, Punt Spider-Man. Come on. There was another, another quote there. You guys missed it, I guess. You thought it was being a dick to you, Sean? I, I did, actually. It wouldn't be the okay. first time. You know, if there was a Spider-Man, Eddie, you would be Spider-Punk. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're just like, you know, fuck everyone, dude. Fuck was that I was Andy cool. Samberg? I was cool this whole time, bro. I was cool this whole time. No, no that he, Andy Samberg was uh, the sensitive Spider-Man in his hoodie. <laughs> that was Andy Samberg. <laughs> uh, he was emo Spider-Man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, tonight we're going to be enjoying the Spider Bite. It's a simple drink to make that mm. packs a big punch. To make this Spider Bite, you'll need a shot of tequila, preferably tarantula azul. 
I don't know if that, I'm saying that right. Uh, what kind of tequila is this? And a half a, a half a can of Red a Bull. Simply one. dropped a shot. Yeah, simply dropped a shot in the glass of Red Bull and down it. Seems kind of like a, a Jaeger bomb. <laughs> like a Jaeger. Like it's a, yeah, a Jaeger, Jaeger bomb only. Yeah, yeah, it's a bomb for sure. Tequila. All right, that's good. I'm like, let's do this. it, yo. Yeah, yeah. Let's this do is it. A delicious one. Yeah, that's good. All right. Oh. So the the way that I saw this movie was was uh, basically like four vignettes, four different sections. Uh, the first being Gwen Stacy's world, her pining for Miles Morales, uh, learning of the multiverse, and kind of going into the multiverse that there's like this this squad. Then you've got the Miles Morales kind of reintroduction, uh, disappointing his family, still trying to balance being Spider Man and being you know a normal person. And then you've got the introduction of the Spot, who uh, I thought. You know what's his name? Uh, what, what's his name? Jason Schwartzman. Short was just the perfect voice for that. <laughs> uh, and then you had kind of the into the multiverse where you got to meet Oscar Isaac a little bit more. You got to meet all the Spider People, and then the escape from the Spider Verse back into what we think is Miles Morales's world. Uh, so there's kind of the four sections of the movie. I'm going to start out with the criticism, even though I think this movie is very good. They could have shaved off. 10 to 15 minutes of, I think, almost each section of the movie, and I would have liked it better. Because every I would say about like fucking about section two minutes. was I would so say about long. two minutes of every section. I'm, I'm doing a little I bit feel like we, that. Right, no, okay, we, we right. could have cut out about 40 minutes of this whole movie um, and then fit in a conclusion. Fuck that. And just made this a, a, a one movie instead of a, a two-parter. <laughs> No, but see, there's so much to talk. There's so much to talk about the universe of of all these different Spider-Man. There's so many different puns here and and funny little yeah. scenes of like, which Spider-Man? You, 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 and that was yeah. like a 40 minute scene there. So, <laughs> we, no, I actually thought that scene was fucking badass. It was, it was I, I, I love that. That was just pure imagination of like just like let's just go above and beyond of what you think the multiverse is and you're right there and miles is trying to get away from everyone and he literally out tricks everyone i love the fact that he doesn't believe in what they're telling him like you know you don't belong here there's a person who's trying to find his way and i love that yeah I, yeah he doesn't but no i, I i'm gonna jump on sean's bandwagon 100 that to me a lot of this movie was redundant rambling on it wasn't going to where it was. And, and this is going to be my biggest criticism. I'm probably going to say it a couple of times, especially at the end. But this is a movie that suffered from wanting to do too much. When saying that, it's saying that technically See, it is beautiful. It is amazing. It's fantastic. The art, the direction. No, no, no. This movie was – don't get me wrong. I love this movie. I really thought this was wonderful. But if you started the Gwen portion of the movie, basically you have, I want to say, 25 minutes – Maybe 30 minutes of her, her relationship with her father, the reemergence of her Peter Parker, how her Peter Parker was a lizard, how she killed Peter Parker, how her father went and turned on her. All of that was not germane to the story. All of that was just its own little storyline. It didn't really didn't really build her character, didn't really change anything. It did make me like her character more. Did, Did you not find yourself liking Gwen more? I like Gwen, but I wish they would have done something special with like releasing that part with Gwen before the, they actually released the movie. So it's like almost like this awesome yeah. five minute trailer that they release, and just everyone's just like, okay, that's cool. Everyone watch if you want to, yeah. watch if you don't want to. 
I actually really dug the the first 25 minutes of it. I love Gwen Stacy's introduction about her story and what the issues that she's been going through and basically what she's going through at the same time causes her story to actually go into Miles' story. And I actually really think that her story is really important into yeah. this uh, across the Spider-Verse here because of what happened with the first film. Yeah. And I think that's so cool how they did that. Okay. Okay. So, so let me ask you this, Jeremy. Let's say we took Gwen's story and we added 45 more minutes to it and, and, and gave the, a, a little bit more robust of a storyline. That's its own movie. It is. It's its own standalone movie. It is, yeah. And and I'm sorry, but it, it just and I'm not I'm not arguing just to argue. I, I do feel strongly that if you're gonna if you're gonna take us on this ride across the Spider-Verse, and then you're gonna get to the very end and you're gonna expect us to stick around for a whole nother film, you should have gotten to the twist. And even then, even in the last section of the movie, it was like the twist and the twist, we okay, we're there, we know the twist. But we're still going to go. But it's the same thing with the Lord of the Rings, with the Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, we have that huge, long introduction that is telling the story. And is it really necessary? Or can you just start with the, the Fellowship on the Silver Fire? But we knew going in that that was going to be three separate movies of one story. Did we know we this kind of knew, in? but you know, because there's a story, but we don't know if there's this, this is yeah. a different type of story that we're looking at. I'm looking at this as this is kind yeah. of a prologue of what's going to happen yeah. to the main story that we're looking at. And I think it was a good start of it. I kind of agree with Sean. I thought like, okay, like it's almost a, a movie before movie here. And I wasn't ready for it. I was like, this is a long ass movie now because of this extra entry entrance scene. And now there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and now, and now yeah. I got to sit through another, yeah. not which I'm happy to do, yeah. but you got to, pre- you got to have some pre- expectations and you got to prepare me. Yeah. I think she's, she's amazing character. Yeah. I just think she should have her own movie. Uh, yeah. Would you have watched her, her own yeah, movie? Absolutely. I would definitely watch her own movie. I think 100%. she was, I think she's earned enough to have her own movie. I think by doing this, you, the production just lost the movie almost. But the thing is this, guys, is that you have two characters that are actually having the same situation they're dealing with personally in their lives in different universes, different universe. These two kids are having the same situation they're dealing with, and they're relying on one another to not feel alone and actually embrace one another. That's what I saw on that. So here's my my complaint, and I'm I'm agreeing with you guys and also kind of circumnavigating is that to me, they did a disservice to the Miles Morales storyline by introducing her. And the reason for it is because I felt way more connected to Gwen Stacy. I liked Gwen Stacy as a character more in the introduction, you know, the 25 minute introduction than I ever did with Miles. And that's nothing against Miles as a character. I just felt like Gwen, uh, you know, maybe it was Haley Steinfeld's vocal, you know, whatever. But I just liked her character more. I wanted to follow her character. I wanted this to be a standalone yeah. movie for her because I didn't really care. Yeah. When we went over to Miles... Did you see the first one? Oh, no, I did. Absolutely. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that they did such a okay. great job. And by the way, the first one I loved, and I'm going to say it now, I loved the first one a hell of a lot more than I liked the second one. But here's the thing. They created such a strong character in Gwen Stacy in the first 30 minutes of this movie that it almost seemed like a, a jump off the the p- pinnacle, the peak, with the the rest of the movie. Mm. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I'm gonna disagree with you on that because Miles Morales as a character is still learning how to be Spider Man. Oh, absolutely. And so as this movie progressed, but as this movie progressed, you found out that he was embracing his own strength. He was embracing the electrocution. Yeah. He was a he was starting to become Spider Man. But I mean, the twist at the end where he wasn't even supposed to be Spider Man, 
that he he was not even in the world where the the right the right universe to be Spider-Man. Yeah. That alone is it's, it's almost like he's a defective detective. Like he's not as good as as other people. He's got to work that much harder to be a better Spider-Man. And maybe that gives him some sort of other type of characteristic that is good what's cool about gwen stacy is like i like the fact that it starts the movie with her and it ends the the chapter with her like this is her chapter to have that family that she's been looking for as well as miles but just to be accepted into what you are and i think that's really cool at the end of that movie what she's facing but also that she's trying to save her friend and i think that's the most important thing is about like you know finding your friends in the end of, of everything here but what's really funny to me is this is that i like the fact that another fucking bagel ends up being a critical role in the universe to destroy itself. Have you kind of fucking put those things together? It's as kind of funny. As far as like everything, everywhere all at once? Explain. Explain. Okay, so the doctor, right? The reason why he becomes the spot, because in the first one, the bagel, Miles was like, you know, trying to get out of the, the office, and he actually knocks someone that has a bagel, hits the doctor in the face with the bagel, and by that... He was stuck in the explosion and by whatever happened that he was transported into the spot, right? right. So he becomes like this dimensional fucking being thing where he can like, like, you know, pretty much destroy the universe. Yeah. Everything everywhere at once has also has that situation where it's a fucking bagel that it's like the end of the fucking multiverse and and they're about to destroy the universe as well so it's kind of like fucking funny like how many fucking bagels can this fucking happen dude perhaps it does, the it bagel fucking perhaps i mean perhaps the bagel is the reason well, i think it's the circular nature <laughs> yeah. of it i know it's kind of silly but if we really get into well, it's, it it's, it's this idea of this never-ending cycle but what if it's a spear <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my question to you is um, the spot as a villain, the spot as a villain, what do we think? Because we're in the Miles, the Miles universe. I thought I, I was like, my God, this is the most foolish villain. And then it turned and in my opinion, into one of the greatest villains in, 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 in Spider-Man. I, I thought Jason Schwartzman was fantastic. Yeah. And the idea that you have a, this is so much more compelling that you have a character that can move in between universes as the villain, as opposed to anything Marvel has done with this. Destroying with this all beings. Yeah. Destroying all universes. Seriously. I think that as a character, <clears throat> as a villain, let's put it this way, as a villain, Brilliant. This idea of being able to manipulate space and time and universes and universi and coming in. Fantastic. I hated Schwartzman as, a, as the, as the uh, character. I hated the flightiness of his character, the, the humor that he tried to inf infuse in this character. I didn't want, now I don't want something melodramatic. I think that melodramatic villains is just kind of played out. But at the same time, I felt like his character, his portrayal of this character was just a little bit too flighty, a little bit too humorous. And I think it's just, it comes down to Schwartzman's voice. And, and I love Schwartzman, but at the same time, I felt like he was poorly miscast in this. And I, I wish that they had taken it a little bit more serious. I thought the beginning part of it was very kind of like, you know, a comic performance mm -hmm. in a way. But in the middle, in the end of the movie, it gets serious. If he's not the same fucking person. It's almost like he's engulfing his power and shit, knowing that he can do all this shit, you know? I don't mean to disagree with, with Brandon that much, but uh, the truth that I saw was that he was a mid mediocre villain, even a poor villain at the beginning. Miles Morales did not take him very seriously. Yeah, villain I mean, he week. was trying to steal. He was trying to steal a damn ATM. Couldn't even manage that. He's like, I'm a villain. Let me just try to steal this ATM. Hey, and, like, you're the, the reason time. I'm like this. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you're going, he, he was, he went from this terrible villain 
And in over the course of the story, he evolved and his purpose crystallized and his powers crystallized. And all of a sudden he went from like harmless to harmful. And I think that that mirrors Miles Morales' transformation from maybe a less than efficient Spider-Man to a vastly more proficient Spider-Man as he left the multiverse back into what he thought was in his. Was his right. Universe. No, I think the spot is a great villain. He no, he's a villain. He's a great villain. Absolutely. It's, it's the portrayal of him, the humor that just rubbed me the wrong way. So I think that he is going to be an absolutely brilliant part three villain because I'm sitting there going like, how are they going to defeat him? I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they're going to defeat him. My frustration was just the humor. And, and yeah, it's like, I don't want slapstick, right? And and I just thought that it just didn't fit in with what we had going on as a vibe to the story. And I think that maybe that's in one of my frustrations, Sean, and you kind of mentioned it perfectly, is that we have four segments. And I don't think that all four segments necessarily flow in together as smoothly as they could. I'm going to disagree on that because I thought the all four segments, you were being brought into different multiverse and just the whole universe in general. It just... It's something that I we've been wanting to see and we've got a chance to see it. And it was done, I thought, really fucking great. Um, I actually thought like the greatest, the the MVP of villains, I thought was Spider-Man 2099. No, Miguel. I, th- I thought he was fucking great. Oscar Isaac. Because or? it's almost like it's almost like he's not really a villain. He's trying to do what he needs to do here. But in Is a way, yeah. You know? What did we say? He's an anti-hero? I mean, Jeremiah, would we call him an antihero like no, Tyler Durden? Would we do that? No, he's no, not a villain. Control, he's not a villain. He's controlling other universes. He's, controlling too he's much. trying to save the universe. You're absolutely right. But, you know, to the point, like, how much is that power going to take a hold of you? And that's the thing. And when that takes a hold of you, that becomes, you know, your worst type of villain, your worst enemy, you know? And I think that's kind of like the psychological vibe to it. Technically, he messed up originally. Exactly. I think technically he's the one that started this. He's made that he's made that fundamental decision that he's got to let this person die no matter what in order to save the integrity of the multiverse. And, I, you know, as far I know, I've, I've been criticizing the length and the pacing of this movie. But what this movie did versus Quantumania versus Multiverse of Madness versus Spider-Man No Way Home or the, the new one. What was it far, um, No Way yeah, Home. Yeah, yeah, No Way Home. Whatever, No Way Home. Um, which I magnificent. And some of these movies are good. I'm not saying they're bad, but what this movie did is it introduced you to a plausible, reasonable multiverse that isn't based on weird, ugly headed people or like this, this weird quantum realm. It's more like this exists and we're going to show it to you. And then we're going to bring you back into your own universe. And, and we're going to com- have a compelling story about fucking with universes and how it changes. I feel like this was more back to the future part two, where you stepped on the banana peel and came back and then you don't know really what's going to happen. Now you're entering into number three. Am I, am I, am I kind no, of you're, off base? You're, on that you're, you're on point. Absolutely. It's fucked up from the beginning. When you think about it, that spider from earth 42 was never supposed to bite Miles, you know what I'm saying? This was never supposed the to happen. Sp- the other Peter Parker wasn't supposed to die. That's a bigger reveal. There was never a Spider-Man right. there or a Spider-Person, you know? Like, so it's like, oh, shit. So he's not supposed to be the person. Everyone's telling him, like, you are a fucking mistake. You're fucking not meant to be who you are. You're fucking, like, you know, you're nobody, you know? And for someone to actually, like, kind of, like, you know, hey, listen, I know who I am. And trying to fight fate, that's the interesting story of this right here, dude. He's trying to defeat Skynet is what he's trying to do. He's trying to change the future. I mean, I mean, truthfully, 
He is trying to go back into the future or back into the present and and head off a cataclysmic moment that he knows is coming and it's going to reset the universe. Now, here's my question. We learned from Loki. I don't know if anyone watched that. Me and Watch Jeremiah did. I don't know if Ed did. Okay. We know that there is a, a sacred timeline and that it basically has splintered off into these many timelines. So what if the conclusion of this movie is that Miles Morales is going to reset the timeline to the sacred timeline to to the to a good consistent timeline because we know Miguel basically broke it. So M- by Miguel's breaking it, Miles fixes it. Is that that's, where we're going? Is that the overarc? Yeah. No. So I, I, Sean, I think that what you have is a really cool idea. I don't think that's where it's going to go. Um, and I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to play the safe card. I'm going to play the the stereotypical card. This is going to be a movie that is about accepting yourself and you know fighting to be yourself. And so by re rewiring the universe, I just don't think it's going to be because that's basically admitting that you were a mistake and that you have to erase those things. I think what it's going to be is that he is going to embrace. Everybody's going to embrace the fact that he is the true Spider-Man of his universe and that uh he is going to become one of the many spider-men that's that's respected that's what's going to happen is that where you think what's going to happen uh, in beyond the spider-verse the third one do you think yeah. that's going to be prove like, to everybody that's else. what's going to do on the third movie yeah. so that ties into jeremiah's question though is the cl- cataclysmic event of losing his father in this case is that going to be the must have spider-man death no, that propels see, him he, that already happened with uncle aaron Okay, that's my, that's so my you're argument. You're saying that in his universe, that it hasn't. Okay, no. Okay. It, the reason it hasn't happened either is because Gwen Stacy's father, she, he, he left the force. Yep. Therefore, that that death for Gwen Stacy, it never happened. Which means it's right. not well, so what about for Miles Morales. So you're saying for oh, Miles Morales, it was Uncle. The father was supposed to die. I think it's going to be. In I miles. think it's going to be here. No, because here's the thing. For Gwen Stacy, it was Peter Parker. Yeah. Peter Parker was the canon, the canonical event. Right, the canon event for yeah. for Miles Morales, it is Uncle Aaron. I think what what, what we're going to find out is mm-hmm. that Oscar Isaac's Miguel is incorrect. That they are uh, uh, constantly assuming that because it happens for one, it happens for all. And what we're going to find is that everybody fall goes through some tragic event that is different from one another. At the same time, yeah. they all have to overcome whatever event it is. They both have already had their canon event. They just their little tracker is 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 incorrect. That's my argument. Brandon, Brandon, what Brandon is suggesting is that Miguel is wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that Miguel? All, all Miguel's calculations are wrong, and that the canonical the canonical event in Miles Morales's life was the loss of his uncle. Just as like the canonical event in Gwen Stacy's life was not actually her father, it was the death of Peter Parker. Which, They're done. Which in a weird There's way. There's no more canonical event. Okay. So, but here's the cool part, and I think this is really cool, and this is where time travel is, is fantastic, is that in that sense, their dad's stepping out of their promotions, right? was always going to happen, mm-hmm. was always going to happen. They were never supposed to become captains. And I think that is fucking fantastic. I, I get like goosebump geeked out about that. Okay. What about uh, Miles now being in the other universe, other world? Um, and that one's just like all tore up because, because there's been no Spider-Man in that world. Right. Is he going to fit that world? Is he going to give a Spider-Man in that world? Is something going to happen in that world? He's got to, he's got to convince the Prowler, mm-hmm. who is himself – to be good, not evil. That's that's what's got to happen. Yeah, and he's got to kill Prowler's. Got to kill Uncle Aaron. 
That's the only way that there's that canonical event happens. See, Sean, I think that you're on point. I think you're on point. Yeah, I, I like this idea of not being so blocked in. I mean, we're all speculating yeah. here. Anyway. Well, I was saying, but, like, I, I set mean, you up. I, like I wanted, this, like, some type of... <laughs> no, you did. You did, absolutely. <laughs> but I like this idea of being uh, of being not, not so... Like, we're all spider-man 99 we're all locked in <laughs> to this spider-man like just like we were in no way home uncle ben dies that's that's the that's the cattle the cornerstone event to spider-man and then all of a sudden it's like oh fuck it's not ben in this universe it's may and may is the cornerstone event for and, um the, the transition and think about of, the andrew garfield the amazing spider-man was Gwen like stacy's death right it was never anybody else's uh, hmm. Uncle Ben died in that one too, just so you know. <laughs> he got screwed. I never, I never saw that one. Sorry. Uh, I'll tell you this much. I think Miles is going to go into the real world. I think something's going to happen where he's going to be, has to go into the real world and be Miles in, you know, whatever Earth that's going to be, Earth 99 or some shit like that, you know? I would love for this to spin off a real, a real live action Spider Man of Miles Morales. But, yeah, but you also saw a lot of flashback with the real Spider-Mans, with Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield. I, I think that was more than just uh, a cute little cameo. I really think it was. The, his family in this movie, and I said it, I, I think we did Coco or something else. The culture in this awesome. movie between his mother, his father, uh, this is like, fa- this is back to family values that I just love and cherish. And it makes me so happy to see a family just like, like living their culture in New York, in Brooklyn. Like it's, to me, it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. It was nice to see that in all different universes. I mean, with Gwen Stacy and her father, that connection with one another. And also like, you know, in India, you know, where you had, yeah. um, you know, the Spider-Man over there. And <laughs> yeah. it was just, I it was him. like, <laughs> There was like so much love and just so much about family and everything. And it was just so nice. And Sean, you were just talking about before we actually recorded, like, dude, the way that they did the animation style in this movie, they did like six different versions. And I was reading this article about it, you know, where it's just like Gwen Stacy has like this watercolor vibe or like Morales is, it has like this kind of same animation style. But then India has like kind of like this very big, very, very big, yeah. very architecture. And then like Spider Punk is like this kind of uh, copy paste paper looking, you know, they did it so fucking well. I just like it's almost watching like this live painting come into life. And I thought that was like, I think it was a game changer with how they do animation going forward. I mean, the way how they did everything. Do you feel like they did or they tried to do too much in the, in, in the end, they did too much with the visuals. And I'm talking about the split screens with the over, I'm going to say the overindulgence of movement and animated movement to me. And, and I'm not one that gets motion sick, Sean. I'm not one that, you know, that shies away from a camera moving too much. But at the same time, I was like, I don't even know where the fuck to focus my eyes at times. And just, I, it just seemed too busy. And that was that was a huge argument that I have against this movie. We're dealing with like across the universe, man. Across the, no, the, no, the know, multiverse. No, I know, but like when, when every when every Spider Man is chasing him, right? <laughs> that's what we see. Yeah, but the thing is, like, it, oh, that's exactly I, how I I would have in my mind and imagine if I was in that situation. It literally has that vibe where you're just like, it just comes out to you, and I fucking loved it. I thought he did it really I, well. As someone who abhors handheld camera and uh, shaky cam and all the bullshit. I can tell you right now, I thought this movie was fucking brilliant. The way that 
He was chased through the universe. The multiverse was smooth. It was it was almost like the camera wasn't there that you were turning pages of a. a and and I don't know if you did this as a kid or if you do this now. When I get excited in a book I'm reading or or a comic book or whatever, I turn the pages faster. I I I start I start going faster. Start getting more excited, and I start you know I I want to know I want to get to the end. And I felt like that's what it gave me is a little bit of that. Okay, we're going to speed it up. We're going to double time. We're going to triple time. We're going to follow Miles Morales. We're going to show him be clever. We're going to show him make the Spider-Man moves that, you know, that, that he is known to make. And his costume is a little different than everyone else's costume. And, and the, the graphics are going to be different as he goes through the pipes and goes, through, you know, I thought that whole sequence was fucking brilliant. I thought it was too long, but I thought it was brilliant. Once again, you know, Brandon says, should they have done it? I think the the question on the table was, did they get carried away with trying to show everything they wanted to show? Did they just get carried away with the length? And I think that's what they got carried away with. And maybe not that's a good way of line, it, Sean. Not the animation, but they just got carried away with the length. Yeah, I think uh, Sean, I think that you're you're I'm, I'm more on what you're saying than than the animation because I do think. It, the animation itself was fantastic, but it's just to me, it was, it was, like I say, overindulgence. That's to me the word that is, is just stuck in my head with, with critique in this movie. One of the most beautiful scenes is when they're both, when Gwen and Miles Morales are in Miles, Universe, and they are on that wow. Brooklyn on that stage and he's, a, or she's upside oh, yes. down and they're sitting on the, on the crown or whatever that is. The that scene there. is one of, I would agree. I would argue one of the best Spider-Man scenes, period. It's like that. that's what Spider-Man yeah, is supposed to be about. Agreed. So from a cinemat- cinematographically, this movie was just, I mean, maybe overindulged in time, but fucking brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's very ahead of its time because you, you don't see another animated movie like this out there. This is going to break a lot of doors with like thinking like, possibly to even crisscross movies like Toy Story to something else. Like people have always seen little themes like that, but you're going to see movies connect differently from here because of this. I think it's possible to open that door somehow. I wouldn't doubt if that happens, man. You're right. But I, I like how it was overdone. You know, like my favorite part in the movie is when Gwen goes back to her father into her universe and she confronts her father, you know, and, the emotion in that scene was on point of what was happening in the background. Like the tears were coming from the colors, you know, like from like a, a like a painting, you know, oh, and, and when it they embrace just, it brightens. Oh. Yeah. It's just like, it was, it's like, <laughs> to me, it's like, I don't think they overdid or anything like that. I think they meant to do that because you're, what you're feeling and what you're seeing is what you're supposed to be at that moment. And I thought that was just beyond fucking beautiful. I don't think an, an animation movie has crossed that line. You know, or he's even tried to attempt to cross the line. If they didn't go for for that, we wouldn't get scenes like that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, what they're doing is just phenomenal. Question: Who was your favorite Spider-Man? I believe there was like over 250 fucking Spider-Man, Spider people in this one. So go ahead and Peter B. Parker. <laughs> that's your guy, Jake oh, Johnson. Yeah. Sp- Jake Johnson, Spider-Man was the was right. once again the best part of the movie. <laughs> no, he's he's fantastic. I, I'm I am going to stick with Gwen Stacy. I was so connected to her character. I wanted the movie to just focus on her. Nothing is Miles, but I, I didn't care about Miles after following Gwen and wanting to to just uh, she was just such a great character. Uh, so Gwen Stacy, one hundred percent. Eddie, 
the ones they showed in this movie because realistically they didn't show my favorite. I'm more of a I'm more of a Venom guy and a Carnage guy. But for Spider Man, I'm gonna pick Spider Punk. It's Hobby. It's Hobby or Hobie. I keep saying yeah. it about Hobie. I don't know if it's Hobie or Hobby. Hobie Brown is my favorite. He was he just had this badass attitude that I just enjoyed so much. He he was legit. I mean, bro, I mean, Spot did go to the Venom universe when she went to that fucking, like, uh, the liquor store. That and that hilarious. one lady was there. Yeah. That was from Venom. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> what? This isn't the first person you've seen? You're like, yeah, yeah no. Yeah, no, I'm not really scared. <laughs> yeah. You probably yeah, should leave. You're just a face. probably should leave, to be honest. Venom is coming. I have to agree with you. Either like uh, Spider-Punk, I mean, that was just, I thought it was just a great fucking character, but I also like Lego Spider-Man. I thought that was the one of the funniest scenes that really came out of like nowhere, and you're just like, what the fuck? And I'm like, you know what? Fine. I think that was Jack Quaid. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll take that fool. That's funny. <laughs> um, one of the things that I was so disappointed about was that he didn't bring back any of the Spider-Man, except for uh, Jake Johnson, from the first movie. And then to see them all coalesce, because oh, I, I had yeah, no idea what was yeah. going to happen, but to see them coalesce on that roof at the very end to go save Miles Morales, I was like, "Fuck yeah! This is mm-hmm. this is now this is this is the type of movie I can get behind. Let's go save Miles, even though I think Miles so, can save so himself." So you want like the the, I, the, I the pig loved, or like Nicolas Cage? Oh, I want Spider Man or Noir. Yeah, Spider Man. Right? the best Spider Man right <laughs> there. Yeah, I mean they they were the first one. The first one did something that this one did not, and it had humor and it had a lot of a lot of heart. Like this one had heart, but it had more of a, a light heart. Yeah. This one was much more serious. I, I think that we should get back to a combination of both in the next one. It needs a little bit more light and a little John bit Mulaney more. John will help oh. with that. <laughs> oh yeah. Spider Ham was hysterical. Yeah. Maybe this is the dark one. Maybe this is like the, the Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Like, yeah, you know, maybe it's just like, because it ends dark. Like, let me ask you something. Did you know that he was in the wrong universe no. when he got back to no, that Earth? Not, not, until, that not, until, not until Gwen pretty much said it, too. It was like, oh, in the wrong universe. Oh, my God, he's in the wrong universe. Like, that's like. Gwen I got blindsided by that. Yeah. yeah did you? <laughs> so, so I went to with Kim. And I told Kim, I said, five minutes before the movie starts. Oh, by the way, it's animated. And she went. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> so she had no idea. She thought it was Tom Holland, Spider-Man. <laughs> anyway, and she's sitting through it and she's watching it and she's, I watch her face and she's kind of not quite sure if she likes it. Not quite sure. And then all of a sudden at the end, there's like 10 twists in a row. Like, like, okay, he escapes the multiverse. Gwen comes with him. They're in a different universe. Oh my God. The prowler, the uncle Aaron's alive and, and he's the prowler. Like there's t- literally like 10 things. And she goes, couldn't they have just done like two, like two or three? Like, do they have to put all these twists in? Like, I don't know what's going on in the first place. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, bam, bam. Fathers are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it's so, so funny too, man. Like the, the music too. It was like this eerie sound. I'm like, what's up with the sound? What the hell is going on? When that shit happened, I'm like, oh, it makes sense because it's supposed to feel weird. It's supposed to feel like right. you're uncomfortable that something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I think the soundtrack was fucking great. That's just my opinion. The score was great. I have a, a little guess what might happen is Marvel's going to catch on real quickly of like, okay what the fans want to see is all these different Spider-Mans. They want to see Tobey Maguire. Well, they want to see Andrew We got Garfield. that with they Homecoming. See, 
you know, they, they want to see or no way home. continue their stories. People miss it. People don't like, and now this, this movie opened up the door, like Gwen to be a Spider-Man. Like it's going to be as it's just going to be something to piggyback off of now with, there's going to be a lot of Spider-Man movies coming out in the long run. I'm saying, so I'm, I don't mean to dash your Sorry. hopes, but here's the problem with that. Uh, Marvel and Sony, and Sony don't like each other. only have, well, Marvel and Sony only has the rights to Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and characters derived from Peter Parker's universe. They also have Miles Morales and some villains, but they have very like they're 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 operating on a little bit on the ledge here. <laughs> they don't have a lot of the a lot of the infrastructure and characters, and they have to continue to produce movies every four years or three years or some some there's some magical number in order to keep the rights. So do you think that like, say like Avengers Secret war, right? Do you think there's a possibility that they're probably going to bring a lot of different, like, you know, superheroes into this movie, but do you think they're going to bring animated fucking characters no. into that no. as well? I'm just saying, if, is there a possibility? Smart, if they're smart, they pull a back to the future three and they go back to the start of phase four and clean up the universe and figure out that and reset so that everyone who is alive at the beginning of season of phase four uh, or five, whatever the fuck we're in, uh, they just need to wipe it out. They just need to like clean it up and wipe it out like they did after the debacle of, of X-Men three last stand and how they changed it with days of future past. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Marvel days of future past you me know and fucking happen. fix it, fix it. So Maz is going to fix it, and then he's going to go to a live-action Miles, and that's how he's going to fix it, and that's how the story's going to end. I don't care. Perfect. Just fucking fix it. Because <laughs> you have produced dog shit after dog shit after dog shit since Eternals. Yeah. Give me good movies when again. This is Iron Man. <laughs> that brings us... <laughs> Fuck. That brings us to the end of review. Now it's time of the podcast, where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Uh... Yo, Spider Punk, mm, can you provide the scale, I, I, please? It shows on Miles this time, so hold on. You just said Spider Punk's your favorite. Stop yeah, it. it's my favorite, but that's not who I am. Bro, you're Spider Punk inside. I am. Deal with it. <laughs> All right, go ahead and bring us through this. Three. Yes, uh, Zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a filled your first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, an Uber looking home. Four, rough morning walk to shame. Five, blacked out shit face spring break drunk. Sorry, gentlemen, I have. Mosquitoes in my house. Uh, gentlemen, let's start with Brandon. Oh, we're just going to go Brandon. with Brandon. All right. Yes, sir. So this is this is a frustrating movie for me for a couple reasons. One, uh, I, I loved Into the Spider-Verse. I thought that Into the Spider-Verse was one of the greatest uh, animated f- films literally ever made. Um, and, and, you know, for listeners of backstories that I, I had chosen for us to do this, uh, to do into the spider verse. And then we ended up kind of, uh, changing it up and doing across. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. That said, my expectations were super high. And I think that what they did is they, they met those expectations and then they pushed beyond them. Um, and it was pushing beyond them. that just kind of turned it off for me. This is a movie that did what it set out to do. And, and Sean, you're right. You said it earlier that it did what it tried to do. Jeremiah, I think actually it was you that said that, that it, it wanted to overload the senses and it did. I do think that that took away from the story. And, uh, you know, ultimately I think the story was great. I agree though, Sean, um, maybe it's not so much the animation because I think the animation was fantastic. I love the different animated styles. It was too much 
period. It was too long. It was too much thrown at us all on the one screen. Um, I, you know, I was not a huge fan of the to be continued. I, I like, you know, stories that, that segment off at the end of a movie. I, I'm not a huge fan of the to be continued. Um, and so <laughs> I think that this is a movie that Eddie, you're right, that this is a movie that is, um, establishing what animation can do, except my argument is that it's already been done with into the spider verse. I think the into the spider verse set the gold standard and that they tried too hard to better what they already created. So I'm going to shut up and just say that uh, for me, I've got a happy buzz and then a heck of a lot some. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.8. I don't think it was uh, a, a, a halfway good movie. I thought oh that actually God. was um, was a disappointment for me. I am excited for number three, whatever the hell it's titled. Uh, but this one is one that I would rather watch the first one and uh, and enjoy that over watching this one again. So, um, Sean, still a good score. can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you be willing to reassess your score after seeing the sequel? Yeah. And I do think that we should talk about that. Absolutely. I, I think, and I'm going to put this on uh, recorded uh, digital world space. We should, and uh, I'm going to bravely say we will be uh, reviewing three and talking about our, our, our experiences with two. Right. I think that, because here's my problem. This is one one movie, right? It is. One yeah, movie. exactly. So basically, if you score if you score this half like a two point eight, right, and then like you know the ending, it just lands, right? It yeah. lands the fucking movie, yeah. and it's like okay, no. that was a zero. No. Will you average your score from a two point eight to a zero, or is this just no. like how you? This just is a movie it? in and of do? itself. This is a movie in and of itself. Listen, I love okay. Two Towers. I think that Fellowship is a fucking amazing movie, but Two Towers is a better movie. And I will have no problem saying that. I get that we can say, oh, it's all one movie. It's all one storyline. It is one story, but they're separate movies. No, I know I pissed you guys off and I'm sorry for that. But ultimately, I I was let let down by this movie. I I am excited to see where it goes. But here's, but here, but wait, 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 real quick though, real quick, real quick. My problem isn't the story. The story is actually why I'm disappointed in the presentation. The story is fantastic. I love the story. I did not like the way they packaged it up. All right. So here, here's, here's my, my two cents. I think this movie was magnificent. I think the cinematography, the music, the yeah. visuals, the storyline, I think this movie is fabulous. It's too long, and it takes too long to set up a universe that doesn't pay off. But I haven't seen the second part of the movie. And I, I'm sorry, but this isn't a standalone movie. This is literally a to be continued. Uh, so it's you. Uh, okay, so, so I can judge. Back to the future does that too. A television show. Mm, no, not not like this. Uh, no. So it's like to me, this is this is more like judging. Uh, it's hard for me to to give this a score because it's like judging a TV a TV series. Um, individually, one episode can make another episode better. So I'm hoping that the second part rounds out this pacing and rounds out the storyline and, and does every, it gives me the payoff because right now I'm all jazzed up and ready to go, but I, I haven't actually seen the end. So how do I score this movie other than, other than saying this? I think this is, uh, I'm going to give it a 1.5. I think this is an excellent movie. However, I will reserve judgment and I will be willing to change the score <laughs> if number two blows doesn't me land. away or doesn't land and just is trash. I have to look at the second part of this. I can't just look at the first part. Um, that, that's my score. 1.1.5. 1. 1. Ed, go ahead. I'm sorry. Feel good first cocktail and, uh, and, a, and a little extra shot. Yeah, I like that. Um, you guys both 
well said for both of you guys. Um, this is the movie that I was really looking forward to. Definitely a movie you go watch with your family. You know, I'm a, I'm a Spider-Man uh, fan. I enjoy, uh, I remember my, my brother and I kept these comments. We, we, we collected them. That Spider-Man, uh, Miguel's character, I don't know, was that Spider-Man 20999? Like, I, that was we my badass. The, I, that was my favorite Spider-Man uh, when I was younger. I just thought he was so badass looking. So to see that come to life, it just was cool. And this whole storyline, um, it was yeah. very, very, uh, uh, it was like a movie that was waiting in my life to, to watch. Uh, now, that being said, um, it dragged, it dragged on, you know, it just kept dragging with certain scenes here and there. It wasn't like it was bad. It was just, it fit in my eyes is like, oh, this is becoming a long movie real quickly after, you know, all these extra scenes. Um, I personally, um, Excited for the next movie. I this is the movie. I feel like you have to watch multiple times to catch all those other things I missed. Like I've missed. I felt like I missed a lot of scenes by just like blinking. <laughs> you know, like so. I want to. I want to watch this movie again to accurately. Probably when another movie comes out, I'm gonna watch the whole thing together so I can accurately grade it as one whole movie. Uh, if maybe we guys to do that as one whole movie and then separate scores for b- both too. Um, I personally gonna give this closer to like what Sean gave. I'm gonna give this probably exactly Phil Good first cocktail with a half a shot. So can you guys tell me what that is? That's a one point two five. Yeah, I enjoy this movie a lot. And this is one of those movies that I walked out and it was just like to be continued, fuck yeah. I was upset, but I was like still fuck yeah. <laughs> Eddie, real quick, did you like this one better than the first? I feel like the first one set it up. I feel like this one, yeah, it, it, I did like this better than the first. I did. It went into more. So this was vastly more complex. Yeah, it went into yeah, more detail absolutely. with more characters, um, and I wanted yeah. that. I think it, it jumped to a whole nother level for children, though. I think a lot of kids yeah. are going to miss everything. <laughs> like they're yeah. just gonna like, ooh, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man. It's gonna be so much. It's gonna be really hard for everyone to keep up with. You know, what's so funny is that there was like a, a one of the artists or something came out and said there were different versions of this across the universe movie in theaters. Like I read that. And I read shit. that. Yeah, you literally could have watched it again and see a totally like you know different type true? of style of movies of how the visuals were and shit. Yeah, the one of the people because it, it was announced on Twitter. So it was like, hey, has anyone noticed that? And like one of the one of the artists is like, I'm surprised that took a long time for someone to actually mention it but yeah we did different versions of it fuck i don't know how you could know it. there's so much going on in the movie jesus christ there's so many changes in style it's like <laughs> i'm sorry that's I, I green this instead movie. of blue it's just like yeah. every scene was oh there's a new oh, there's a ha. <laughs> no like different characters are in the scene or not in the scene or some shit like that a whole different that movie cool, at points yeah I mean, it's it's literally fucking with you and shit, you know. Like, it's like, let's just fuck with it's your like mind. Clue. And shit. Remember when they remember when they yeah. released Clue yeah. in theaters and everyone had a different ending. Yeah, that's fucking great, dude. <laughs> so, listeners, I'll go with my story here. Um, I think the cross the Spider Verse is a game changer with animation movies. It's a story that uses art as its own character and visually, you just it just leaves you like awestruck. It's like Alice going to Wonderland. That's what it feels like, you know. My family, we were on the edge of our seats throughout the whole movie, man. It was like watching a painting coming to life. The story, the acting, the music were fantastic. I mean, the score, that's my favorite score so far I've heard all year. Just 
pulsing and just electronic and just the style of it was just amazing, you know? I thought you would like that. I think that's, that's, I remember you, you dude, like that. I was that digging was, the crap yeah, out of this, dude. Yeah. When the, the ending happened, I literally said, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, dude, and I literally embarrassed my family because I said it so loud in front of the kids, which I felt bad and shit. But I was like, oh my God, I gotta <laughs> wait. But I was so wrapped up in the story. Like, that's just, I just wanted everything to be delivered. And that was the thing for me, you know? But overall, like the vibe I got, it said a lot to me, man. Like, you know, how it's up to us to control our future, you know, push hard through everything, you know, and just have that backbone and face our battles. To me, that's the message of the movie. Know who you are and know what you're about, you know, and stand for what you believe in and what you want to do and everything like that, you know. And to me, that was just, it was powerful watching that, you know, and I can't wait for the second one, dude, or the third one. It's not the perfect movie. Don't get me wrong, you know, but shit, dude, I can't wait to see this again and again. But seriously, like this for me is like a 0.75 for me. This is like better than like, you know, first filled cocktail. I enjoy this movie so fucking much, dude. And I'm kind of sad that you guys didn't have that same experience or you guys kind of have the same experience. But I just thought we would have been on the same page on that because I was just I was my mind was really blown on this one, guys. Well, so. Brandon's a this is my Empire Strikes Back. So I want you to combine Ed. For what it's worth, I'd rather watch this than Point Break any day. So there you go. When you, I mean, you, I was losing Brian break, Cox's like voice. Or or something. Something. Obviously, you don't get it. You don't get point break, Brandon. When it's you okay. combine the scores and divide by four, what is across the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Get an average rating. It gives us a 1.575. 1. 1.5. That has got to be a, a score Jeremiah, on its where own. does that put us on our list of movies that we reviewed? Yeah, it's a score of its own, actually. I'm going to go with it's going to be in the 20s. Mm, I'm going to say... Perfect, man. It's actually number 22. Ooh. There we go. What's what's <clears throat> better than Across the Spider-Verse? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Inglorious Bastards, Signs, Alien, Ferris Bueller's Days Off. Okay. And what is worse than uh, Spider-Verse? You're not going to like this one, guys. So that is uh, Skyfall, Ready Player One, Psycho, Signs of the Lambs, The Mummy, Galaxy Quest, and American Pie. I- too like it. Uh, besides not. American Pie, I agree. I think that's probably good. I think it's not bad. It's a great spot. <laughs> it's right where it should be. I think it's exactly where, I it, think should exactly where it should be. Sean? <laughs> I haven't missed here. I think this is our best one yet. This is uh, a really hi. good episode, yeah. It is a really good, a really good episode. If you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we asked you, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. What am I doing? We do want to introduce a couple of uh, co-hosts that are going to uh, give their little opinion on this wonderful movie, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping they have a lot to say, but we'll see. You never know. And uh, we have some pre-recorded footage that, that Jeremiah has is gonna is gonna put, present here. Listeners, guess what? We have three special guests tonight. Coming through the podcast verse, making their first appearance on Three and a Half Gentlemen. Sawyer. Hi. Hi there. Noah. What's up? Hey. And Jakey. What's going on? Hi. Give, they're, they're making their first appearance on Three and a Half Gentlemen. Everyone give them a round of applause. Okay, so this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go three, two, one. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want your guys' opinion of what you thought of the new Spider-Man movie across the Spider-Verse. So, Sawyer. Yeah? What was your favorite part of the film? Um, uh, like the chasing um, at the end of the movie. That, that was cool for me. 
Sweet. I like that part when Miles is run away from all the Spider-Mans. Pretty, it was a pretty epic chase yeah. scene. Nice. Noah, Jacob, Noah, what did you think of the, what did you think of the new Spider-Man movie? I um, thought that it was good. Perfect. My favorite part was probably the chasing when all every single Spider-Man was chasing him, Miles. Okay, nice. And he was somehow still defeating them. He outsmart them. That was pretty awesome, right there, man. Jakey, yeah. what do you think? What, was, what part did you like? Um, the Toadie last part when the baby was hanging and playing <laughs> with the way. <laughs> That was a good part. Okay. It was pretty awesome. Now, this is my question to all three of you, okay? Yeah. All three of you. It was a funny part. Who was your favorite Spider-Man? Okay. So, Sawyer, name me your favorite Spider-Man. Hobie. He, he liked the the rock punk. Oh, yeah. He liked, the, he liked the spider punk. Let's go rock on. Nice. Noah, what was your favorite Spider-Man? My favorite Spider-Man was probably Miles, and the other one is Peter Parker, just because of the baby. <laughs> Love nice. Peter Parker was funny. The baby is the funniest. The baby is the funniest. Question, guys. Now, can I answer this question? Uh, both uh, parents of our new ge- our guests mm-hmm. here. What would you rank this movie? Zero to five. What would you rate this movie? Zero being perfect. Five being it's not perfect. Yeah, zero is a perfect movie. Five is a terrible movie. Who wants to go first? I think Noah wants to I go. go yeah. <laughs> um, I think. It's a 0.5 because <laughs> there's bad. a lot of action, but there's also unexpected moments that some of the some of the parts are not bad. Some of the parts just feel weird. So a 0.5. Jacob, zero being the best film ever or five being the worst film. What would you rank this film, Jacob? Zero. One, two, three, four, five. Zero. Oh, zero. zero. Oh, it, he's like, I am not oh my, my father. Eddie, I will go for a zero. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Sawyer, where are you at here with this movie, man? 1.1. Oh, my God. You're just like he your is, father. And, and that was all There's him. Odd numbers. All right, so why 1.1? Why 1.1? 1. 1. 1. Why 1. 1. <laughs> Sawyer, why, 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 I actually kind of agree with oh. you. <laughs> just because... I think it should be a 1.1. The movie's not ever perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eddie, did you just feed him that? Did you just give okay. him that line? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I appreciate your all your honesty and your opinions. Those are actually really good scores here, you know. This is a podcast, not a little talk. Oh, Ooh, this is a podcast. Ooh. It's not a little talk. Dang. Dang. You're like me. You're hostile, huh? It's just hostile, hostile, man. What's going talker. on? Let me ask you something. Is this your favorite movie that you've seen so far this year? Yes, it has to be. Okay. Jakey? Yes. Okay. Yes. Three favorites of the year so far. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this, man. I'm pretty honored to have not one, but all three of you here representing the future of the podcast future here for Three and a Half Gentlemen. Thank you guys for being a part of it. You guys were awesome, man. Oh, we were awesome. (laughs) Dude, he knows how to hype himself, dude. Hey, you guys were awesome, man. Thank you so much. We will do this again. Sounds good, guys. All right, guys.
Bye bye. Later, you guys. Bye, bye, Sawyer. Bye. Bye, everyone. Well done, future podcasters. Well done, yeah. Well done, future podcasters. Thank you, Sawyer. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, uh, thank you, Noah, for really all your contributions. I'm sure they're uh, going to go over very well with our audience. If you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask you please subscribe wherever you're listening. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. You can also find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot. You can visit our website, gentlemanpodcast.com. Or if you want to reach out to us, you can do so by email at hosts with an S at the gentleman podcast.com. I will say that we did receive a, um, a rather scathing. Uh, email oh, nice. regarding Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of Lost Art. Uh, so thank you for listening, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you. Not to cut you off, <laughs> not to cut you off, but my friend he hits me up. He's like, "Yo, um, the morale went fucking from here to all the way down." And dude, I was, he's like, "Goes man, I was listening to it, and it was uncomfortable how it fucking ended." I'm like, yeah, buddy, you, you should have been there. It. Sometimes it's real, real hard. You should have seen it real, real life. Uh, I had already written in the score. Anyway, so people judge people so thank highly. Thank you all here. for listening. Jeez. And uh, and cheers, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, cheers. guys. Cheers. See you next week. Cheers, guys.